Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined on the phone, I have Vance. Hi, Vance. Hello. Hi. And Todd is sitting out this one um, for reasons that he's just not going to be on this one. So, but we do have Chris from Lunge and Lures. Hi, Chris. Hey, what's going on, guys? Oh, not too much. We're just doing the show. You ever hear the Fatty Z Musky podcast? Maybe once or twice. Nice. There you go. There you go. We're somewhat famous. So. Nope. No. Okay. Nope. Let's just hammer through these plugs, shall we? So this show, it is brought to you by Fatty Z Musky Products. FattyZMusky.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And the website is, for the most part, up to date. I do have to change something after the show, but other than that, check it out there. Uh, the rod holders are up there. The baits are up there. And you can also find those baits at Musky Tackle Online. Aaron has the baits. He's had them now for about a week or so. And uh, he's probably got more colors than I do. Probably more of those colors. So give him a look. Uh, great guy. Fast shipping. Uh, I think it's seventy-five dollars, and you get free shipping when you order through MTO. Check that out. Then get a also- couple rafters. Get a couple uh, twenty-two long shorts. All that good stuff. That's right. And he has ten inches. He has the ten-inch rafters. I don't think I have the ten-inch rafters up on the site. So if you're looking for ten-inch rafters, go to Musky Tackle online. Also, Team Rhino Outdoors for those exclusive colors and. He has 10s, I believe. I believe Jeff has 10s. I don't know how many are left, but uh, hop on his website if you're looking for something maybe a little bit different than what we offer in the standard paint. Uh, fall, everyone thinks fall. You think about, you know, I just said the big jerk base, but you also think about trolling. And if you're trolling, you're going to want rod holders, and you're going to want the best. So get a hold of me. I can uh, lead you through the, uh, I don't know, It's it, it gets, it gets the waters get muddy when you're uh, looking at rod holders and all these different brands and what have you, and I'm very familiar with all of them, and I'll give you an honest opinion on what I think would be the best setup for you, and after that, it's up to you if you want to make a choice, and it's not always the AZs, but um, I can at least explain why I feel ours are the best for musky fishing. So, all right, that's enough about me. Vance, talk about Muddy Creek. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishandguides.com. Get a hold of us for the fall. Uh, We have limited openings. Uh, left for September and October. Uh, give us a call. Todd and I will do our best to uh, get you on some fish. Bite's been great, and uh, hopefully that continues into the fall months. So, give us a call. Awesome. Oh, also, uh, Ranger Boats. Big shout out to them. We're fishing in those. Um, check out Vic Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. Uh, they have great service they sell starcraft star welds and the ranger boats so uh get a hold of them winterization's coming up if you don't do that stuff yourself get a little once over action going on they uh they are fishermen there uh that sell and set up very good boats so check them out that's right and st croix rods best rods on earth you're out there looking for you know I like to say rods more than pole, you know, go get my fishing pole because I think it makes it sound like you're doing something more than just sitting on the bank with a can of worms. Uh, do, you sure. guys, do you have an opinion on that? I just kind of say pole. Sometimes when it, like my rod, 
rolls off the tongue in certain situations it sounds bad but uh you know i say pole sometimes yeah. stick it's a good stick Things huh? like that good stick that's popular to say you know he's a good stick yeah nobody's ever said that about me yet i you know it sucks but whatever um <laughs> he cursed their names whatever uh and musky's inc we're not going to rap about it this time um but i would try but i, I don't want to todd is is the master of that but musky's inc check them out uh join your local chapters get involved uh be part of the change in musky fishing uh it's great great for the beginner great for the vet um i'm certainly enjoying being a part of it advances yeah i don't know if, i don't know if we want to talk about it at all but it's it's getting exciting over here you know for for vance and go ahead i i just want i just want my lady to uh to win i want i want i want to have her her uh i want to hand her a plaque and we're getting married and uh you know she's registered under my last name blah 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 you know and turning all the fish she gets and uh, i just think it would be really cool if she had a plaque with like you know her name and my last name and you know getting that thing going whatever the marriage thing is with the last name change but you know so that's what we're that's what we're having fun with you're rolling the dice that she's going to take your last name that's like a popular thing now yeah it was like uh it is isn't it which is weird i mean i guess i'm not really a traditionalist but i mean i guess that's kind of weird if you don't but i mean whatever yeah, it, it you know whatever. We're going to talk. We talk about marriage enough on this, and uh, how it keeps people away from musky fishing. But <laughs> um, we'll we'll just leave it at that. Muskie's Inc. Check it out. Join your lo- local chapter. Lots of fun going on. Tournaments, the works, meetings, all that good stuff. All right, and one last little shameless plug that I'm going to do. If anyone's looking for a nice used musky boat, let me know. <laughs> all right that's enough hey chris what's going on oh not too much tell us about what you have going on hit your plugs yeah no chris b here with lunge and lures uh family-owned business family run based right out in the good old united states of america we do all of our manufacturing and distribution within the states that's kind of one of our pillars we're coming up on our fifth year of owning the company. Um, my buddy and good family friend Matt and I, his wife and my wife, all kind of do the day-to-day ops. So this year's been—it's been fun. It's been crazy. The 22 long that we introduced last year has been doing really well. It's kind of my ode to the caster, but a lot of guys have had a lot of success trolling them this year. Uh, I kind of messed around a little bit trolling them when I was testing them and had some success, but I didn't realize that that many folks were going to take them out and put them behind some boards and do the damage that they did. So that's good. I know we're just getting to that time of year when that, when that fall bike turns on and those fish kind of transition to those breaks. That's, that's when I did my work with them. That's when I had a lot of success, but it's good to see that a lot of folks have found a, found a use for them in their boat. We got a lot going on this year. We, we got another little, little surprise that we'll be coming out with at the, at the shows this year. I, I won't go into too many details. Let's just say, for those of you that like the cast, I think you'll be I think you'll be happy. 
it's something that we've put a lot of work in. We've done a lot of testing like we do with any of our lunge and baits. We, we run them through the ringer. So, so we're excited. Um, it's just been, it's been a blast, man. It's been, it's been a great year. Uh, fishing for a lot of folks has been good. I know it was tough in the spring, but it was, it was good to see it pick up steam later in the year once all the weather kind of sorted itself out. But if you're looking for lures, we, uh, for, first and foremost, we'd like to push you to our retailers. We've got a bunch of them out there, both online and, and the brick and mortar stores. We want you to go visit those shops and, and kind of give them your patronage if, if you got a chance to do that. If you can't find what you're looking for, you can always check us out at lungeandlures.com. We, we got all of our colors. Uh, we still got some customs left over from last year left on the site. So if you're looking for a bait, you can't find it at your retailers, you can check us out on lungeandlures.com. But that's my plug. But it's kind of crazy. I, I was listening to some of the names you threw out there, like St. Croix Rods, Ranger Boats, Fat AZ, and then and then we got Lungeon, man. We got Lungeon speaking it up. So what what a unique opportunity to be put in in that class of folks i mean there's some there's some awesome awesome folks you're working with so glad to be on the show and excited to uh to talk some musket fishing awesome absolutely so uh hey, and what what you you can pick up all your lures at like mto and i know you have stuff with, with jeff at team rhino is there any other uh online retailers for people to grab that app yeah i mean we're talking you, your regular stores you know Raleigh helen's like They've done a lot of revamping of their online shop, so you can, you can purchase from them. Thorn Brothers, they've got a website that you can go buy off of. And then we're in 30 or so brick-and-mortar stores in the continental United States, and we've got a few overseas too, uh, whether in Canada or those guys who like to chase big pike in Europe. We've got a couple shops out there that we work with. So, I mean, a quick Google search, and, and you'll, find, you'll find something in your region. You know, we, work with, we work with a lot of folks in a lot of different regions. Okay, so you got 30 of them. We got plenty of time. You want to give us the name and the address to every one of those? <laughs> How long you guys got me on the phone tonight? This may take a while. Oh, that was, that was <laughs> no, a joke. No, I'm serious, though. No, it's, honestly, though, there's, there's a lot of people that put in a lot of time that have the same passion that, you know, this, that both of you guys do, you know, that, that have those brick-and-mortar stores, and, and they are our number one priority, like walking in, like, Matt and I, you know, when we first took this business over, we said that our, our retailers, whether they be online or a brick and mortar store, are going to be our number one priority because they, they keep they keep it fresh. They're the they're the pulse of the industry. They're the ones interfacing with the customers. Where I I can't talk to every customer, but I bet you what, there's some guy that's standing in a shop that some that somebody's going to pick up a 22 long and they're going to have a conversation about it. Maybe they'll mm-hmm. learn something from it. I wish I could be in all those stores selling those products, but uh, I just can't do it. So there's a lot of good folks out there that, that have the same passion that we do, that, that own a small business, you know, that, that sacrifice a lot of their own personal time to see it succeed. And, and we want you to, to go there first if you have the opportunity to do it. Awesome. And, and that is, you know, that, that that's a great point because, you know, I'm trying to think right now if there's an actual store that – there's a couple, yeah. There's Hogan's Hut and then there's O'Donnell's that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are not – you know, for, for us, it's, they're great. You know, I think that, uh, you know, Chris, you're on a different level than we are, but those are, if it's not like they're going to be closing down and then they're like, Oh, a new store is going up 20 miles away. It's, this is, this is that. And those mom and pops that that's, that's big. I mean, they're putting out money 
to get the baits in there, and they got to turn around and sell them. So it is, you know, I, I'm going to say it's a dying way of purchasing items anymore. You know, I, I wake up or whatever. I'm like, oh, look, I got two, three sales, one sales, no sales, whatever. I'm like, okay, I go fill the order and ship it. And, you know, but it's, you know, this distribution and stuff, and it's just getting harder and harder. We're having big box stores fail around us. You know, that you're like, how could this, how could this go down? But it's, it's not an easy thing out there. So if you have a mom and pop store, by all means, you know, help them out. I love mom and pop stores. It, in they, they, they still have, they still have a great pulse. And, and I think it's a testament to what Chris uh, and Matt are doing uh, to make sure that they're still filled and stuff like that. It's like uh, people wake up for that. The, the quickness, the ease of just, you know, I could reach in my phone right now and boom, hit Safari and be on a musky website and order whatever I want. And it's right in my house. Uh, it, you know, there's still a pulse though for people that like to go to those stores and would hate to see that just crumble. And companies like Chris, to keep feeding them in there, they, they, they stick around as long as there's a product there. It's like a, I, I look at it as like answering emails about charters and stuff like that. It's like, I want to take the emails down. We talk about how it gets hacked all the time, but when there's still people that call to inquire about things via email and it's almost this, it, it's, it's very slow, you know, that because you just want that quick, like call now and just, you know, give us mm-hmm. a buzz and we can talk about it over the phone. Um, but people still do stuff like that. There's a generation that still does emails that thinks that that's like very advanced. There's a generation that still <laughs> wakes up and like goes to these stores to get what they're fishing uh, for a specific species with. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that's just sweet uh, that that you guys push to to get the brick and mortar stores like up and running so that they, you know can stick around for a little bit longer and i think it's just a testament to like lungeon's work ethic of just constantly hustling the business and seeing it to where it is now like where it is now it just is you know you guys are like everywhere it's 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 in you know it's awesome well it thank you i mean it has a lot i mean it's it's mutualistic i mean it makes a lot of work it i mean it's not it's not just like send baits and then like, okay, see you again next year or, or call me, you know, when you need more stuff, it's like, Hey, you know, let's be deliberate with what we're doing in your store, in your area. So Matt and I will sit down and we'll crunch numbers. I'll pull up sales reports and look, okay, traditionally, what are we selling in this area? What types of color patterns work well, you know? And, and, and we're very deliberate with, with what we do. And and it, it comes down to just like, Hey, I, this is what sh- this, these are our recommendations, and and this is the data to support those recommendations. And sometimes mm-hmm. colors don't work, right? Like whatever, this color pattern didn't work in that particular store. It's like, hey, send it back. Let me get you a color that is selling well. Let's try something else. Let's 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 see because it all depends on what that customer wants. Maybe I, I'm not in tune with. All right, little issue there. Okay, continue, Chris. All right, sorry about that. No. Essentially, what I was trying to say is, like, we use data to drive our decisions, right? We'll, we'll, we'll work with these, the smaller shops or the bigger shops, and, and we'll just kind of go back and forth, like, what's working for you, what isn't. They've got the pulse. They're talking to the customers. 
they know what's working on their lakes. And so at the end of the day, it's, it's a mutualistic relationship. You know, it takes some work, you know, and it's hard. It's, it's tough. It's, it's, it's not easy to like, you know, make those types of like decisions. Like when things are tight and, you know, let's say a certain color is selling really well. And it's like, I get a call from a brick and mortar shop and they're like, Hey, I want eight fire tiger, 22 longs. And I'm looking at my stock level and I only have eight. I have to pull them off the website, but it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do to pull them off the website, make sure they got them locked and loaded because they're going to interface with the customer personally. And I don't have that opportunity on the website, but that, that was the nitty gritty of it. <clears throat> There's a lot of good folks, like I said, in the industry, I, I support small businesses. I support the people that are working long hours and busting their hump so that they can keep their, their doors open because who doesn't like stopping into a shop? Who doesn't like waking up early or going to a new body of water and, and just showing up at a shop and, and saying, Hey, how you doing? I'm new to the area. And, and more often than not, you're going to get some good information or a starting point as opposed to just walking in blind. So we talked about that, talk that. about that all the time. It's something that I always do is like try to get into these little fishing stores even if I'm out on vacation, if I see a small fishing stop, like shop, I don't even care if it's a species I don't even care, could care less about. I was out, out west, big trout season, all this stuff was running. I could care less about catching trout right now. I stopped in the bait and tackle shop just to look. I love those little <laughs> mom and pop places, bait shops, regardless of the size. I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for for stopping into those things but wrapping it up i mean just to have like a a pulse on uh a pulse on everything that 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 lungeon is is doing you know with these brick and mortars and being a part of uh all the online uh you know places you can get it online is just uh incredible an incredible hustle and i want i want to get into What's going on right now in your life? What What are you up to right now, Chris? What, where are you right now? This, I'm this actually crazy. in what? Yeah, I'm. As most of you may or may not know, I Carrie and I and the family we moved to Hawaii last September, so it's another unique challenge that 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 we face. Kind of running this business is being geographically separated from maybe musky or musky fishing or my business partner Matt. So, you know. We make it work. We found, you know, techniques, tactics, and procedures to effectively run our business. You know, we, we've learned the hard way. We've, you know, we've refined some processes, but at the end of the day, we make it work. So Hawaii is amazing. Obviously, there's no muskie out there. I've, I've, I've found some local fishing out there that I, I really enjoy. But uh, about three weeks ago, I, I, I came out here to Las Vegas. I'm in a course called the Advanced maintenance and munitions operation school it's uh it's it's a it's a top tier school for for the logistics community to to get some advanced education uh in in our profession right so at the end of the day we want to be the tactical experts the problem solvers in our organizations and this is uh an opportunity for me to get learned up you know to 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 talk with some really smart peers to get educated by some of the best officers that we have in our career field. It is a very academically challenging course. Um, I, I haven't had a day off since I've been here. I don't anticipate having a day off until I leave in November, but 
the content for me is interesting. I'm very fortunate. I love what I do. I love what I do in the Air Force. I'm, I'm in my dream job. Uh, the people are what makes it for me. And, uh, you know, any opportunity that I have to become a better leader, I'm going to jump on. And, and this was one of those, those things. I had a lot of mentors that came to this course uh, that, that I've looked up through, throughout my career. And so, so it's game on. I mean, it's serious. I mean, I've been, I've been busting my tail. I haven't really done a lot of London stuff since I've been here. But I front load a lot of work. I mean, Matt and I knew we, what we were getting into prior to me, you know, jumping on an airplane flying out here. So we, we, we dug in early. I mean, we did a lot of stuff for our customs early. We've got a lot of cool colors. We just, we just moved it all to the left and, and started working it so that and when I was here, I could really focus on what was important. And that's, you know, graduating at the end of this course and walking back into my career field with, with, with some more skills and tools to, to be a more effective leader. Wow. Incredible. That's uh sounds a little bit more involved in fishing for muskies. <laughs> that's a lot more. That, that's what I'm saying. You know, you're out there in Las Vegas, you know, maybe one of the most like testing for temptation style cities ever. Uh, certainly on the lower 48. Um, and you run this muskie business and you're working on your education for the Air Force and uh, just still getting it done. I mean, it's just a constant hustle for you. Uh, th- it's nuts. It's nuts. Well, okay. I'm going to test my memory right now. So, Chris, didn't you okay. or- originally, weren't you in New Jersey? Yeah. So, I've lived, I've lived a bunch of different places. I spent, before moving out to Hawaii, I was stationed at... Uh, Joint Base, McGuire, Fort Dix, Lakehurst in New Jersey. And Carrie and I lived there for about two and a half years. Traditionally, we stay a little bit longer uh, at this point in our careers, but we were both pretty lucky. We put in for some developmental opportunities. Uh, so Carrie is actually, her primary job right now isn't flying. She's in the leadership role in the same squadron that I'm in. And I am broadening, right? So I'm, I'm normally day-to-day ops. I'm an aircraft maintenance officer. But I got an opportunity to go be a logistics readiness officer for a couple of years, and then I'll come back to aircraft maintenance. So I went to the whole schoolhouse for the logistics officers, graduated, and then I've been at Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam now for the last year or so, kind of working in an organization that facilitates, you know, air transportation for cargo passengers and such. So. All the airplanes, all the airflow going to the Pacific, they're going to more than likely are going to come through Hickam. And so we will, we'll, you know, download airplanes, we'll load airplanes, we'll download trucks, we'll process personnel. I mean, we've got a passenger terminal that moves about 100,000 people a year. So that's, I mean, it's like full up TSA approved. So it, it's, it's nuts. It's cool to see, um, you know, part of like the bigger logistics picture because traditionally I've only worried about the aircraft and the people that support that aircraft you know whether it be a fleet of c5s or c17s now you kind of widen your scope a little bit and and it's like okay now i see it from the trucks are pulling in the gate we're going to download those trucks we're going to make sure we have the right paperwork we're going to build a load plan for an aircraft we're going to you know the the guys are going to go out there and load it to make sure it's safe it's not like it's not like loading up your car on a trip across the country. You know, we got to make sure that what we're putting on this aircraft is safe, you know, so cause there's no, there's no pulling over and stopping at 35,000 feet. So uh, <laughs> no, there's, there's a lot that goes stop. into that. 
yeah, it's it's not the stop that we want to make. So, um, so it's been really cool. I mean, the the, the trans community, our two T twos, are are phenomenal. They they they're very similar to maintainers with their pride and ego and work ethic. So I fit right in. It's been a great opportunity to learn, and I'm just loving it, man. I'm loving it every day. Nice. You know, I I just I'm looking at this from when you were in Jersey. I think that's where you were at when the last time you were on the show. And, you know, we just got hit with the remnants of a hurricane. Hurricane's coming, you know, whatever, Florence or whatever its name is, might come and hit us. And I'm just like, man, you were getting like hurricanes and seasons. Then you went out to Hawaii, a complete 180. Oh, not really, though, right? I mean, mean, they just got crushed with it. Wasn't there a hurricane out there? But I'm I'm talking about the, the four seasons. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're yeah. going to, a, I'm not, yeah, I was just saying, you know, we have the hurricanes. We got a little bit of extreme stuff. Yeah, I know that there was a hurricane out there, but that was a terrible example. Um, but but then, so you go to, like, this tropical paradise. Now you're in the desert. I mean, those are, those are some yeah. real big extremes. You know what? Anywhere you go is, is what you make of it. You know, I, at first, I got to be honest. When I found out I was going to Hawaii, my wife was ecstatic. I'm not really of a beach bum, but... I love it. I love the food. I love the culture. I love the people. It, for me, it just works, especially with the, the where we're at in life. You know, we, we've got a young daughter and I could spend time with her and I don't know. I just, I'm happy. I've made the best of it. So anywhere I go is what you make of it. Now I'm in Vegas. I, I'm not going to step foot on the strip while I'm here. I don't have the time nor the inclination to even go that direction, but I just, it's all what you make of it, man. It's all what you make of it. Hmm. where's your boat my my ranger right my ranger oh yeah i like that say okay go ahead i i loved it um i loved it dearly it's gone i I sold it yeah i sold it before i moved out to hawaii now here's the thing jerry did green light me to get a boat when i was in hawaii the only problem was I'm I'm crazy. I don't know how else to say it. Like, there's no gas pad. Like, it's like one speed for me. Like, if I'm gonna get a boat, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a boat that can handle the conditions out there. I'm gonna get the equipment that I need to fish effectively. And 150 thousand dollars later, and you know, spending probably both weekend days out there isn't isn't where I need to be right now in life. <laughs> I just don't trust myself. I don't trust myself. If I get a boat, I'm gonna fish. If I can fish, like. It's going to be my obsession. And so my obsession is, is spending time with the family. Now, I do get to fish. We could talk a little bit about that later. Uh, but I just, I don't know. There's something about just pulling up on a beach and, and casting out, you know, and, and actively fishing a little bit, but being able to, for Charlie to come out and hang out on the beach with me and spend time with Carrie. Right now, life, that, that, that's what I value, and, and I'm happy doing that. Now, when I get back to the States, or not the States, the mainland, uh, it's game time. You know, wherever I go, whether it be bass country or musky fishing, it, I'm either, I'm going to give me a ranger. I'm going to tell you <laughs> what, you, you're in one. luck. I have two sitting in, like, the room right next to me. <laughs> I'm doing a sales pitch. <laughs> you're in luck. Yeah, Andy's trying to sell his old, his old ranger. Slaps the top of the gunnel. This little baby here will catch well, your bass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, part part of the deal with me selling my boat was that, that those proceeds would be set aside for future investment in, in like products. So when the time comes, 
it's it's game on. <laughs> it's game on. Is it, it is it a little bit is it a little bit more relaxed on the island? It depends on where you're at. So I've never been much of a city bum. Like that's not really my scene. So you've got Honolulu and Waikiki, and that's like if you want hustle bustle, you can get it down there. So Carrie and I, when we first got out there, we started looking at places to live, and we ended up uh, staying or moving to, to Kailua, which is on the east side of the island, the windward side. And it's just, it's beautiful. It's super chill. I mean, it, it's where President Obama used to go on vacation. That, that's mm-hmm. where he would stay in that town. So, I mean, it's just, it's slower. That, that's more my scene. You know, I can, I can get away from people. You know, we can go to the beach and enjoy ourselves. And just chill, man. It, it's cool. The food's really good too. No doubt. Some poi, authentic poi. You do you dabble in that? Um, I'm a poke guy. I mean, there's just if, if you like any type of Asian food, like you could throw a stone and probably eat some of the best Asian food you've ever had in your entire life. So yeah. I just embrace the culture. There's a lot of local ingredients too. There's a lot of mom and pop shops where you can just go get stuff to like barbecue or take home. Oh. And it's just amazing. I mean, it's I'm spoiled rotten. I'm in food heaven. So you are. I've been you really out. are. You really are. I've been running a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> I, no really games are being taste, made right like, now. I'm like salivating right now, and all these memories are coming back to me. But I found it interesting that you said uh, when when you get back to you know, the lower 48 that it's going to be balls to the wall. And that's why I was like, man, that island living is just a little bit more chill than when you get back over here. And it's just like, I got to do this, 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 this. It's just like the American, kind of like the American way of what, what people are doing. And especially with the way that Chris is built, uh, which is perfect for that. Uh, just that hustle and bustle and craziness that, that, uh, Takes the years off your that, life. That certainly. I'm is. getting like, years of my life back right now. That's what's happening. Being, I'm getting years back. <laughs> do you know? Do you notice like when when you're on? We can we can. Tra- I want to talk about a little bit of this island fishing uh, that you're doing over in Hawaii. Just because you're probably like, I mean, that probably sucked initially when you're like, we're moving. It had to sneak into your mind like we're moving to Hawaii, and you're just like, damn it, you know, there's no muskies in Hawaii. Did that, did that, like, enter your mind at all, just for, like, fun, you know, for, like, yeah, for leisure? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're just yes, like, it like, did. That was uh, one of the first things. Like, dude, I own a, I own a freaking musky business, and <laughs> I, I don't have any musky within thousands of miles of where I live. Like, hell yes, that was on my mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, are so, there, like, barracuda out there? You know, because that, to me, that's like a so, fresh uh, saltwater musky. It is. So, so I'll, I'll kind of, I'll just jump in Vance cause I, I I'll Get kind it. of talk through Get some it. of the, the fishing. Yeah. So when I got out there, I wasn't, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I still am learning what I'm doing, but I, I I've used the, the same principles that I would use if I moved to a new area of the country, just like I did moving from California. There's no muskies in California and going to New Jersey, right? What, what type of musky fishing is there in New Jersey? What do you do? You know, where are the lakes? You just you do research. And a lot of it came down to like talking to like the locals. So it was just like, I started researching it. You know, I knew that there, I knew I wasn't going to be doing any offshore stuff. So you've got the pelagics out there, the offshore bite, you've got the Ono, 
you've got the mahi, you've got the ahi, you know, you've got these different plagics that are really good to eat, but you're going to go out and you're going to spend 12, 14, 16 hours on a boat. You're going to troll har. But then I'm like, okay, what can I do from shore? How can I, how can I maximize my time out here? And so I started doing a lot of research and the first type of success I had out there was, was fishing for, for bonefish, right? So that's pretty cool for me. Um, you know, it was, it was cool to learn the different setups, the different baits, where that I could be, you know, successful doing it. And it's, it's not just like you cast, it's not like barber fishing or where you just cast it out there and you sit. No, cause that, that's not how it works in the ocean. Anytime you put any type of bait in the ocean, something's going to find it and something's going to dork with it. So you're constantly like, you know, checking your lines, reeling stuff out. So, so the, the you OEO, dork right? <laughs> yeah. Dork with it. I did. So I'm going to, I'll be interchanging. Like, so uh, and I'll be using like Hawaiian words for like the fish. So like, like the bonefish or the OEO. That's what the, that's what the local call them, OEO. So I got pretty good at chasing those. And I'm like, okay, what's next? So I, I started doing some research and any, anybody that shore fishes on the island can talk about Alua fishing. So an Alua, for those of you who don't know, that is a giant trevally. And they are king ding-along of, of the saltwater, like, fish. They're, they are apex predators. They eat. They fight like crazy. They get ginormous. And there's, it's almost like musky fishing in Hawaii. Like that's the, it has like a cult like following just like musky fishing has, but they're extremely difficult to catch because I mean, you're hooking into a, a, a 20 to a hundred pound fish from shore. It's, it's not like you, you're on a boat where you can, you can kind of dictate the battle a little bit, or you have some advantages like, Hey, I can move the boat here. I can. No, you're, you're trying to catch these things from shores, from cliffs, from rocky beaches. And so, I, I don't know. I was just like, I want to do that. And boy, oh boy, little did I know what I was getting myself into. So, so I took the plunge and I just went head over heels with, with trying to catch an Alua. And I picked a lot of brains and I junked a lot of gear. I mean, I went, I mean, a lot of guys go their whole lifetime without catching one. And I was very blessed to catch a, a 50 pound Alua from shore um, using a, a technique called slide baiting prior to coming out here. The weekend prior to me coming out here, I, I, I caught my first one and it was, it was bananas. It, it was absolutely insane. I have never fought anything like that in my entire life. I've never had my arms go numb while I was reeling before. I've never had to run up and down a shore, you know, hundred yards back and forth four times battling something like that. It, it's just crazy. I mean, if you guys are listening, you're like, what the hell is he talking about? Just get on YouTube and, and look up Alua fishing, uh, specifically slide baiting. And it's just, it's crazy. Like in, in short, I've got a 13 and a half foot rod with a pen for extended reel with 400 yards of line. And essentially I, I attach a grapple hook to the end of my line, like a 10 ounce weight and bomb cast it. Like the standard is a hundred yards. Wrap your mind around that for a second, a hundred yards. I can't wow. cast a musky bait a hundred yards, but I'm Hell supposed no. to, in order for me to be successful, I have to cast this weight out a hundred yards. So just learning that, like there's no real guide. There's no, there's no counter going back and forth to keep it from snow. You got to thumb it. You know, you can't just, and if you try to put your thumb on the, the line while it's going out, well, guess what? You're going to have a thumb that looks like mine, where if you were to get fingerprinted by the DEA, they'd have to use your toes. Because you'll you'll burn it off because it's going so fast. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy. Cast I mean, out this way, yeah. 
you what cast your the weight I mean, out. I, obviously, your form, obviously, your form is a lot different than just like a normal cast. It, and it, it all comes to you, man. A lot of guys have a lot of different stuff. But like, you have to find, like, what works best for you. There's some techniques out there, but essentially, you got to like load that discus? rod. Discus or, like, no, foot style? It's, it, it's like over – I do overhead. So I, what works for me is to, to, to just kind of hold the rod and take three steps and then, like, literally just almost like you're going to – pole vault right like you're gonna you're gonna pull vault over this huge bar you basically launch that that weight as hard as you can uh out into the deep blue and and honestly it, it was just it was terrible when i first started i got bird's nest i was you know just tearing gear up just losing weights like it was going out of style and it was ugly it was really ugly but i just kept going and kept going and kept going and kept going and kept learning and just talking to the locals and, and, you know, if you're respectful, they're respectful to you and they'll give you some tips and you go home with the tail between your legs and you go back out there the next time you do it again. And it's just like musky fishing, man. So, so yeah, so I, I do a technique called fly baiting. You cast this 10 out, suede out into the, to the ocean, you hook the bottom, right. And there's like a, a little bit of a line, like two to three feet long that it's like 45 pounds. They can break away, like if you pull on it like really, really hard or if you get bit, and then you attach what's called an Aussie slider, which basically looks like a zip line. And you zip line out like a fish, like a live fish or, or a piece of taco. You're like, oh, what's taco? Like, it's like octopus. You could, guys use octopus legs and they'll slide them down. And maybe if you're lucky, there's an alua swimming around and it sees your bait and it'll grab it and then it's game on. Wow. Okay, so this, this 10-ounce weight sitting at the bottom – and you lose it every yep. time you you cast. She gone. She gone. Okay. She gone. Well, not every time. So you could jack them up. Like I've gotten better at it. Where what they're basically it, it's it's wire. So you have the lead weight and then like maybe four inches of wire, four wire posts that come off the bottom and you bend them up like gravel hooks. So if you're smart about it, you can pull it and it'll bend that wire out. Now here's the tricky part. Once you get it up. You have to reel it at a speed that it won't catch the bottom again because then you're just right back to square one. So as soon as you jack it up or you're able to pull it out, you're reeling as fast as you can. And, oh, by the way, you don't have a line guide, so you're sitting there hand-lining your guide across your reel to make sure that when you cast the next time, it's not all loaded up on one side. And you're, it, it's it's crazy. It's Okay, so then <laughs> <It's an ordeal. clears throat> I'm, I'm just trying to paint this picture because so you have this really long rod. You got you're out 300 feet. The you, you hook the bottom and then you send out a little zip line of of whatever the bait is, and it goes down and it hits yep. like a stop. Correct. <clears throat> fish comes and grabs it, and either you break off the weight or you know the fish might free it or whatever. But then you just bring this whole mess in in very simple terms. I just made it seem very easy, but that. It's more. It's like, no, that's it. Okay, that, that that's it. Yep. And so when I'll tell you what, when a fish bites, it breaks off real quick. Like it, it ain't like all of a sudden you're trying to pull it out. Like that thing's gone. Like it's gonna break real quick. And how big is the bait that you're using? I mean, it's not like a night crawler. It, is like it a, like bluegills, like bluegill size baits. It's not bigger. I mean, there's times where and, and that's the thing too. So I'm not just like. I'm not just like casting crap out there and letting it chill. Like now I'm going to a technique out there. They called whipping, which is basically bobber fishing. And I'm trying to catch reef fish 
that I could use as live bait to send out on my line. So it, 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 you're constantly working. Like, catch a fish, put it in the pail, cover the pail, right? Go back to try to catch another reef fish. And these things are smart, man. They're good. It's not like, because they like to eat shrimp, which is really soft. And, like, I've done well with, like, little pieces of, of taco, which is octopus, or ika, which is squid. So they're, they'll snatch it. Like, they'll, they'll steal your bait and heart baits. You're constantly, you know, trying to catch reef fish so that you can keep good bait on in your lines. And so you can get two slides out on, a, out on a one pole, but I, I'm changing baits probably every hour, every two hours, I'm sending out a, a fresh bite, like a, a fresh bait. So you're just working. You're hustling the whole time you're out there. About how deep right. in water is, is that is that your 10-ounce weight in? It just depends on where you're at. I mean, are you it, dealing it, with it really does. 10 feet of water, 200 feet of water? Again, there's it could be either or. It just depends really where you're fishing. I primarily fish... So I live right by uh, Marine Corps, the Marine Corps base, which is kind of like a little island. It's, it's not an island, but it kind of looks like an island. And, you know, for me, it's just a quiet place where I can go and fish and not necessarily make an ass of myself while I'm fishing. Because if you show up to some of the local spots where these guys know these fish hang out, like you, you better have your stuff together. Because if you don't, they're going to send you packing real quick. Wow. So... Yeah. <laughs> so you can go there and practice. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And it's I mean, there's times where I mean I'll be out there and I won't see anybody all day. I mean, so it's just it's a, it's an area. So I've got an you know, obviously I got a military ID. There's guys that'll they'll fish out there and you know, but it's just like it's not as pressured as some of the other areas. So I can go there and make terrible casts and lose shit and stuff and it's not a big deal. No one's there. Yeah, that's good. yeah. You know, I yeah. can just go and embarrass myself on my own terms rather yes. than showing up to a, lo- a local spot and the locals losing their mind when I'm trashing. Because a lot of these guys will will set up ten or twelve rods on one rock, on one rock. So if you cast over somebody's line, guess what? They're gonna punch you in the mouth. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's not it's not cool. So when you go to those areas, you, you really got to know what you're doing. You know, and it, it's kind of like, not by invite only, but you kind of got to work your way up to it. I, I just knew that I didn't have the skill set to just go out there and, and do that. So I just how found many, a, a, yeah, go ahead. How many rods a man? Uh, cool. It's usually two. Yeah. There's, there's no rules on, on the military base. It's two, two per person. Mm-hmm. So Now, when I go I'm bank yanking. What's that, Vance? I, ju- I just think that's incredible that uh, you went to like just tackle that species, you know, and then just uh, you know, just dive headfirst into it, and uh, you know, I, I'm sure everybody can imagine this, uh, you, you know, what you went through there. It's kind of it, it's it sounds a lot like musky fishing. They're very oh, hard it's to ha- catch. It's honestly, it's, hard. it's harder. It, yeah, it sure. is. It is. It's it's humbling. I, just think, I mean, I think that that's that's like insane to how you're like. I'm just targeting this right now, and you're in the ocean where there is so many species, and you can get like so many accidental catches. You have to know runs and when things are coming into that area, and it just is. Uh, it sounds like a boatload uh, of just. 
an enormous amount of, of like above musky fishing and, and difficulty to try to target one of these things. It is, but it's like anything. It's just, you apply the principles that have made you successful doing X, right? So bass fishing, musky fishing, walleye fishing, how did you get to be a good angler, a great angler, right? You got to start at the bottom, right? So mm-hmm. I've, I've had to restart a number of time, times in my career where it's just like, okay, where to begin, right? So you talk to people, you, you treat people with respect, you know, you go out there and you put your time in, right? Cause I'm not just going to show, I'm not just going to call Vance and say, Hey buddy, I'm coming at Chautauqua. What baits should I be running? Where should I be running them? What many are you trolling? Can you try? No, I, that's not how I roll. Many like, do. Like, I, Thank you so much. <laughs> no, but, but, but that's not how you learn, right? you got to exactly go out there. Oh my God. On your face. Over will, and over and over like, and over. That's, that's something I bitch about all the time. I'm sure I've like said that to Andy many times. I'm just like, what? Why? The half the fun of this is the chase game. You know, just figure it out on your own. It's just such a better feeling. You feel so much more accomplished in everything in life. To just why like, I do go, what I do. Exactly, man. Yes. Yes, I love it. Now, now, Chris, when I when I go bank yanking, even though I enjoy going bank yanking, there's always a part of me that says, "Man, I wish I had a boat out there right now." Are there people out there, you know, like trolling the area that you could, you know, catch these fish or casting or jigging or doing? Is there a boat bite that people people do? Uh, yeah, there, I mean, there's a very lucrative industry in Hawaii based on trolling for like Marlin, right? You've got black Marlin, blue Marlin, you've got big eye tuna out there. I mean, we all know the prices of one of those. If you catch one, you've got Mahi, right? Those are great eating fish. You've got Ono, which you mentioned earlier, the freshwater barracudas, basically. I mean, there, there's, there's a huge industry out there. I mean, not only keeping food in markets, right? Putting you know, plates of tuna or, or poke, if you're a big poke guy, you know, but that's, that's feeding the industry. There's guys that do it for a living out there. So yeah, there's, there's a huge industry out there for boat fishing. Yeah, I, it's I, just, I, I, I sort of circle back to, I can't buy a boat because if I buy a boat, I'm going to buy a hundred thousand dollar boat. And if I buy a hundred thousand dollar boat, I'm going to buy a hundred thousand dollars worth of gear. And then I'm going to be fishing two days a weekend and I'm not going to have a fan. So. Right. But uh, you know, the, the, I forget the name of the fish that you're, you know, you just caught that 50 pounder, but is there, is there like a bite from boats that people target those? Yeah. There, guys will go out there and fish. It's, it's a giant trevally. Okay. There, there, yeah, there are guys that will go out there and cast for them for sure. Okay. I was just, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking as you were telling me the but whole anybody, but it, but anybody could catch them from a boat. Not anybody. I mean, it takes a lot of skill to catch them from a boat. But to catch one from the shore is, I mean, it's just, it's, you're on another level, man. Yeah, I was just sitting here daydreaming. I'm like on a, you know, like the ocean's perfectly flat and you're out there running down rods and out rods and boards and, and just trolling for musky out there. But you're you're really catching saltwater fish. That's, that's what I was just daydreaming about when you were explaining all that. It was just force feeding the fish the way you fish for muskies, at least around here, at least how we fish for them. And <laughs> you throw do you, do you throw any of your stuff out there? No, I haven't. So in, in here's the, there are guys that cast from shore with 
plugs that are very, very similar to musky baits. Mm-hmm. And so when I got out there, I'm like, this is how I'm going to approach this situation. But as I talked to a lot of the, the local anglers, they're like, yes, you can do that, but you have a better chance doing this. So I, I, I eventually, I think I will cross that threshold where I will cast like musky style baits out there for them. They eat topwaters just like like the fish, like the muskies do. There's like mm-hmm. you could go look at like some of the stuff they're selling on the market. It's it's basically musky bait, you know, all hardwired through, obviously. But it that that's something that I could do. Now I will have to get some serious gear, like to get into that setup. Like we're talking, like I can't just go to Dick's and buy like a, a Daiwa. I mean, I'm gonna need to get like a serious Shimano saltwater reel, like. I got, you know, eight, $900 one. And then the rods themselves, I mean, you, you have to buy something that can one hook the fish and then two sustain that type of fight. So mm-hmm. it, it's serious. Like, I mean, it's like $2,000 to get a casting set up for, for GTs because they're, they're so crazy. They fight so hard. I mean, when I caught my 50 pound GT, it took me about 30 minutes to get it in from the shore. I mean, 30 minutes of like, like insanity like hard crazy fought hand-to-hand style combat i mean were you alone no i got very 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 lucky so i do fish alone pretty often but when i got there i set up my two rods i started whipping right away trying to catch refish and these locals pulled in probably about 100 yards down the beach for me and they look serious i mean they they i mean i took one look at them like okay these guys know what they're doing you know, if you have base access, uh, I found out one of them actually worked on base. So, you know, he had a couple buddies with them and, and they get to work. And so when I hooked up, I, you know, I was about 40 yards away and I saw my, my, my rod slam. I mean, this is, I mean, keep in mind, this is a 13 and a half foot, like pool cue, you know, when it jams, like it, it's, it's serious. So I looked over and sometimes the turtles will swim through like your line or something like that, or sometimes, you know, something will bump it. So, I mean, my bell went, I looked, and then it just doubled over. And so I did like a 4-4 NFL combine 40 and reboot <laughs> over to my rod. And, and, and she peeled out like 200 yards of line in a, in a span of about 30 to 45 seconds. I mean, wrap your mind around that for a minute. 200 I'm yards my of line. mind around you running a 4-4. Uh, you know, I, it was maybe a four or five, but it, it felt like it took, it took like two hours to get there. So, you know, I mean, she, she's running for, you know, Maui and, you know, I, I realized really quickly that I, I'm in a, I'm in, this is serious. So the only problem was I had an inside rod set up. So I had two rods that were fairly close to each other and she peeled off to the right. And so my line had crossed essentially Ooh. one line was on the top of the other. So I knew I was in deep doo doo. And the guys were looking over. I think they realized what was going on. And I, I, I hollowed over real quick and they all came. There was, there was four guys that came over. And so I asked them, um, I said, Hey, will you do me a favor? We take that, that inside rod. And he said, sure. I got you brother. No worries. And then the other guy, uh, came up to me and goes, okay. He's like, Hey, have you, have you done this before? And I said, well, yes, I've done this before, but I've only actually hooked one other fish. And he goes, so do you know what you're doing? And I said, absolutely not and i said do you and he said yes i do and all i said was you coach i listen and immediately after i said i listen he said we need to start moving and so i i we went down we went down about 100 yards 
when the fish was running to the right, um, I, I freaking walked, you know, on rocks, reefs getting waves oh, exploding my in my gosh. face. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. Getting I mean, and so, out, right. I, oh, oh yeah. Big time. I mean, just, just in the fight, right. I mean, I'm don't sure stop the, reeling. The audience might just be thinking of like, a, you know, a sand beach. I mean, you're talking volcanic no. rock that hurts. Like, yep. you know, even if you put like yeah, a quarter with your I mean, you're close. It. I mean, waves are exploding at the edge. I mean, just like you're in a washing machine. I mean, these waves are getting jacked up and they're, I mean, the wind's howling and you're getting wet. And he's just like, you know, as soon as I got that fish finally head on, right. He's like, good. He's like, and then what does she do? She, she turns around and, and heads a hundred yards back to where we just came from. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, all right, we're going back. Just keep reeling, keep pumping. That's it. Keep reeling, keep pumping. And it was, it was insane. I mean, did I, you ever I don't know think, what else was did you ever think in that situation? Like, man, I hope I got good hooks in this thing. Or did you, do you like, there's, there's tons oh, of times just, I always thought. Just like musky fishing. I mean, my yeah. heart is pounding. You've got adrenaline going. There's a million things going through your mind. And, right. and all you want to do is land that fish. It's like when, when you hear that, and you're like, oh, that, that, that's serious. You know, mm. all the same things that go through your mind were going through mine. And I think the worst part about it was, so after about 20 minutes, I got her up to the reef, right? And so you basically, you have to time it, right? Where the waves are coming in and you, you want this fish to get in the wave so it pushes as you're reeling. And there was one time where, where we got a, like a side profile of her, and she like was swimming in the wave like right in front of our face, and they went bananas. I mean, they just completely went crazy. Like, oh, bro, it's a big one. It's a <laughs> big one. And I'm like, stop talking. Like, I don't even – I wish I wouldn't have seen that because then it's real, right? It's like when you bring that fish to your feet and you've got her hooked and you're like, I swear to God, like if, if you mess up this net job, like it's going to hurt all the more. Like, as opposed <laughs> to like just losing it where you don't see that fish, but once you see it, it's real. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it was just it was bananas, but it was fun, man. Did you get a photo of it? I do. Yeah, you could go on my Facebook page. You'll see this thing. I mean, it looks like I'm holding a 55 inch TV in my hand. Um, <laughs> I could. I'll post it up to your to the Fat AZ thing when we're done, and I'll. Maybe post a link to a YouTube video of, of you know, kind of the, the style of fishing that I'm talking about. But check it out. I mean, for the guys that are listening, they probably think I'm crazy. But I don't know. What else am I supposed to do when I'm in Hawaii, right? Like, right. There's no muskie. No, I, I mean, I, I, is there I mean, anything? This, this fr- is incredible. Is there anything I'm, freshwater? There is. Yeah, there's a couple freshwater uh, little deals out there that where they've got, what is it, peacock bass? And there's a small lake that has uh, some largemouth in it, but I didn't come to Hawaii to catch peacock bass and largemouth bass that are maybe three pounds. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the local thing, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna get involved. I'm gonna check out what it has to offer. You know, is there a local local group of guys that really like to go catch those bass? That like they're not interested in uh, the ocean. I don't know. I, I mean, I did a little bit of research on it when I first when I first found out, but I was like, yeah. I mean, I lived down the California Delta for for Christ's sake, so it's like my standards for bass are maybe kind of like living on Lake of the Woods or the way you guys have been fishing, living on Lake Chautauqua. I mean, you just kind of get used to like, hey, there's a standard, you know. It's like if I'm going to be out here, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go learn something new. I'm gonna I'm gonna get involved, you know. 
check out what the island really has to offer. I didn't come to Hawaii to bass fish. Yeah, I was just curious that, you know, if someone's, like, really into, like, man, I got an 18-incher today, and, like, all the guys are like, oh, my gosh, did you take a photo? No photo, didn't happen kind of thing. (laughs) You know, if if it was just, like, that was, like, so unique to the area, while it might not be, it it pales in comparison to the other fish that are, you know, within miles of it. But if there was that little niche group of guys that you might have run into and whatever, and you're, so you're, like, this out of place person until you actually feel like you're, you know, you, you, well, we just moved here. Yeah. That that's nothing. I wouldn't even, uh, this is, doesn't even interest me. And these people are like going gaga over a foot and a half. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's neat when you see stuff like that. That's that just as uh we we've talked like verbatim about this, this fish story, but I, I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, and just hearing about like, what the style of fishing is over there and how like somebody who is so into muskies transitions into, uh, you know, a place that doesn't have them. It would honestly, it would, it, it would suck. You know, anybody that had to move away from muskies would understand this, but, uh, like what Chris is explaining, he just was like, now let's go after like the hardest fighting, like craziest thing here. And I'm going to learn it. Uh, you can, I mean, a lot of people can probably see themselves trying trying to target something like that, and then just the, uh, you know, that whole story. Just, I mean, you're you're gonna remember that forever. I will. I mean, it's cool. It's just you know, like I said, everywhere you go is what you make of it. I mean, mm-hmm. to be honest, I I've only had the opportunity to musky fish once this year. I went well, to Canada with my that. dad. Yeah. yeah, so every year, uh, for actually for the past 10 years, my dad and I have gone up to Lake of the Woods, and every year it seems to be different, but um, great trip. It, it was definitely a different bite this year than I'd ever seen before. I've gotten pretty familiar with some areas up there, so I've got not necessarily a milk run, but I, I kind of have an idea of where these fish are going to be, where I've had success in the past, and this year it was a totally different game. It was really, really, really hot up there. So, you know, going up, we knew that, you know, I've had a lot of luck with top water up there this time of year, uh, a lot of moving baits, and, you know, I just knew areas. Like, I could close my eyes and just, like, run Lake of the Woods and, and know where we'd, we'd have a shot at some fish. And we got up there, and it was just, it was hot. I mean, the water, the water temperatures in some of the areas that I started to poke at when we first got there were, like, 76, 77, and I'm like, and we weren't seeing anything. I mean, it was like the Dead Sea. So, you know, keep in mind, I haven't musky fished in like a, like a year. And I'm like, okay, I'm looking at my dad and I'm like, I think we got to go do something completely different, like that we've never done. Like go fish areas we've never fished before, like to find these fish. And he's like, okay, let's do it. You know, and I'm like, all right. You know, so we bust out a map and I'm like, well, we need to find cooler water. Like I know guys have a lot of success like out on the reefs. So let's find some areas that look productive on paper and see what we can do. And so we moved off to some, to some isolated reefs and we started contacting fish and we ended up putting three in the boat by the end of the day. So, but the bite kind of evolved while we were up there. Uh, top water bite was, was tough. I mean, I only caught one on a, uh, on a fat bastard that I think it was just a pure reaction. She was sitting in a pocket off of a reef and, and I, it wasn't a follow. It wasn't anything. It was just an explosion. I mean, it was just instantaneous. So I think that was just more of a reaction bite, but 
a lot of fish we caught were on, on small London DC-8s. And then my dad actually got the biggest fish of the trip on a, on a square lip Chad Shad. He, he loved throwing those types of baits. In fact, it was like impossible to get out of his hands once he started casting it. So, uh, it, it was just evolved. It kept me honest. Like it was like, oh, they're on the reefs and then a cold front moved in and then it kind of pushed them back to your more traditional, I would say island structures. You know, they weren't necessarily on the points like feeding hard, but they were in kind of those transition points. So we kind of followed them there, had some success. And then the last day, the last two days we were there, they were like in your primed up traditional, like straight up Lake of the Woods spots. And, and we did well, but yeah, it just, it was fun, man. I think we got 14 fish and a total of like five days fishing. The biggest was like 46. So a lot of fish were over 40. Pretty, actually, they all were, but it was fun. I mean, we had one hot DC eight that, that luckily I brought a backup because that beat the paint off of it. It was, it was like a, a flame DCA that we just we just crushed them on. That's awesome. Now that's great. You got you got to get out there. Did you just like rent a boat yeah. or something, or or how did that work? No, we took my my dad. My dad's got a cottage uh, in like central Wisconsin, and so what we did this year was Carrie and I flew into Minnesota into Minneapolis, and her sister lived there, and then we stayed there for a couple of days, and then we went to my dad's cottage where we. We'll do our family week. You know, we'll, my sister comes up. She's got twins, a uh, little bit younger than Charlie. And we hang out and we spend time with the family. And, you know, after that week's over, my dad and I load up the boat and we go fishing in Canada for a week. Awesome. Yeah, that's, you know, I was I was thinking, I'm like, man, but you, you had the answer there is that it was a family's boat. Because that, that's as Vance and, you know, anyone that's pulled a boat through major cities to go to a fishing trip, it sucks if there was like a, you know, some kind of like, oh, yeah, you just go to this marina here on Lake of the Woods and they'll they'll rent you boat XYZ and it's set up already. Just go there and go. But, no, you had family boats there. I'm like, your boat's gone, so how'd you do this? <laughs> well, we actually, we put in at the angle and we actually boat to where we stay. We stay on um, on Flag Island at uh, Frank Walsh's base store. He's got a camp there, that, and Frank's a great guy. Uh, he's a phenomenal fisherman, and just some of the legends have just come out of that out of that store. I mean, you know, guys like Dick Pearson, Doug Johnson. I mean, guys that I looked up to growing up. You know, and, and to you know sit at the dock and and have them pull up next to you and, and shoot the bull. It's like it's pretty cool. So. It's a, it's a great little place, but yeah, there's no renting because we load the boat out and then we dump it in and we drive about 20 minutes by water to where we stay. Yeah. What, what kind of boat did your dad have? Uh, he's got like a, I want to say like an 18 and a half, 19 foot Illuminacraft. It's not fancy. It's got a 125 on it. The one thing I did make him do is I, he got a better trolling motor because he used to have like a like a 55 pound thrust. And I'm like, dad, we're not going to Canada with that thing. Like, <laughs> I did it one year and I was like, listen, we got to come together for like Christmas and you're going to give me some money and we're going to buy a trolling boat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I run the boat the whole time we're up there. I drive the boat. I run the trolling motor and dad just cleans them up in the back. It's, it's not even fair. He just, <laughs> he's there. He, he, he keeps me sane. Yeah, he does. Yeah, fish you with that with that one crankbait. He's just like I'm doing this all. Week. Oh my god, Here I couldn't go. get it out of his hand. Yeah, <laughs> he was deadly. I think. Well, those fish move up on rocks, you know, and it's a technique that I really haven't done that much, but I've heard so many guys talk about it. Like, hey, 
cast crankbaits into the rocks. Like, I'm like, okay, you know, all right. You know, I did it for a little bit out of the front of the boat, but I was like, you know what? Here, Dad, take this. And he's like, okay, all right, yeah, here we go. And he just, he started putting it to him. I mean, it was stupid. And I was like, okay, you could give that back now. <laughs> <laughs> Look over there. <laughs> you don't snap yeah, what's that? <laughs> uh, yeah. So is that is that it for the year for you? Is that your musky fix, which sounded like a great trip? Yep, that's it. <laughs> as sad as it sounds, that's it. Okay, you want to hear something oh. even even more sadder? Is Wait, that yeah. okay? I'm going to bring it back to me. It's <laughs> Wait, going to be yeah. the Andy show right now. You live in Hawaii and you fished five days for muskies. I live an hour from Chautauqua when I fished 20 minutes for muskies. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's by choice. That's by choice. At least you have the opportunity to. I I have musky baits and musky paraphernalia scattered throughout my house. And all it is is a reminder that I'm not musky. That's sad. Do, do you have uh, any yeah. local friends that, like, you know, they've come over and, like, the first time they're like, what kind of fish is that? And they just really are oblivious to any freshwater fish. Yeah, I mean, when, when when I first started fishing out here, obviously, I, I met a lot of anglers, and so I kind of, like, translate, you know, like, hey, I musky fish, and some of them know what it is, some of them don't, but, you know, it, it's still cool, you know, they're like, oh, okay, and I show them pictures, and what do you think the first question 95% of them ask? Do you eat that? <laughs> do you eat, what does it taste like? What does it taste bro, like? Bro, is, is it the good brine? Is how's it taste, bro? Like sashimi? Uh, like no, we don't eat them. And then I usually just get this blank look, like, "Well, what you what mean you? you don't eat it?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just catch it and put it back, and they're like, "Oh, okay." Well, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They'll probably be like, "Man, well, this guy is strange." No, I you know, I could probably I've, I've got some believers out here because that when I when I caught my alua, it, it's pretty standard for those guys to keep them. But it, you know, I was like, guys, I I want to get this fish back in the water, and they're like, they were super cool with it. They're like, hey, it's your fish; you can do whatever you want with it. So luckily, behind us, behind the rocks, there was a pretty large tide pool where I was able to put the fish. She, you know, was able to gather herself and. Um, they were totally cool with it. They were like, yeah, that's awesome. I'm like, you know, I've done some research. Like there's not that many of them in the water and, and, you know, obviously reproducing is, is a big thing for a fish like that. You know, it's, it's got a few years left to do it. So I was just fortunate enough to have that experience and I didn't need to eat it. So I let it go. And P- they picture were cool the fillets. It, <laughs> oh, it would have been big. Yeah. Yeah. It, have you ever eaten? Yeah, it was. No, I know a lot of guys do, but it, it was there was no eating. I, I, I've had a lot of the fish out there, but I've never had a lure. I've heard it's pretty good. Yeah, it just doesn't like hit the menu like I think it would like an opa or an ono or anything like that. That's just that's I've heard. Wild. I've heard it's good, but I just for me it was more about the experience than eating the fish. Now I'll tell you what: if it would have been an ahi on the other end of the line, it would have got the club. It would have been in the back of the truck. And we would have been eating ahi steaks for dinner. Love it. Unbelievable. 
On yeah, I'm gonna say that that's a really cool story. I mean, for a musky podcast, I was really engaged. I was too. I know. I, was, I, I wonder what the musky guys will think. We're sitting here on a musky podcast talking about salt water uh, it's, fishing, but that's what it's all about, man. I mean, people want to hear what, what you're up to. You're out in Hawaii. Obviously, no muskies out there. Uh, no, no muskies. How do you? How do you? Uh, you know, how do you get your fix in? That sounds like you got much more than you're fixing. You're, you know, stepping on volcanic rock, getting blasted with waves, you know. Unbelievable. And keeping pressure uh, on the fish. I'm notorious for thinking that every fish I hook is going to get off. I'm like, yep, that sucked. I put a terrible hook set into that. Or, oh, there goes the trolling thing. Yeah, it's going to get off. <laughs> so I can imagine, like, uh, battling a fish like that for, for that long, uh, in the terrain and being like, Oh man, did I get hooks in this thing? Oh shit. Here comes like a five foot wave. Okay. I'm going to get crushed. You know, how's this thing not going to spit? That's, uh, well, I use circle hooks, like, you know, like big circle hooks. So essentially it's just, I mean, I know this is kind of full par, but I'll have the conversation. I've, I've actually fished circle hooks for muskies with suckers. There is an art to it. I don't recommend it for everyone, but it can be done if you know what you're doing. But it's the same principle. As soon as they, they have it in their mouth and there's pressure, it turns the hook in their mouth, right? And mm-hmm. you should get them right in the side of the mouth every single time. So I was fortunate enough that she took it right and it, it was it was pegged right in the corner of her mouth. You know, I actually had to get pliers to get it out. But yeah, I mean, it was it was perfect, right? Right there in the side. No vertical hold. Uh, oh yeah, just vertical. I got guilty. I mean, it didn't sitting down, but I, I did do a vertical. I mean, it, it was big fish. So, oh yeah, yeah. That that was just the musky police. Don't hold them no, vertical. I, here's the thing. You, you know what? Some of the smaller fish. You know, if it's if it's a forty or less, I don't think a vertical hold is going to kill it. Right. The big thing is is get your pictures, minimize the amount of time that it's out of the water. And take the time to revive them once you get them back in. I'm Man, that's even uh, even a little bit more realism there. That's what we're all about on this on this podcast. Some people go bonkers about what we say, and we get crushed with it. But uh, no, let's be real. We've all been in bad situations with muskies where it didn't really exactly work out like we wanted it to. But that's how you learn, right? And, and it's all in the delivery too. You know, I see pictures. People submit photos. Us all the time, and I'm like, okay, (laughs) okay, but you know what, though? Hey, hey, Vance, how did you learn? Right, messing up a lot of fish, exactly. You mess them up, you make mistakes, you you learn. Talk to people, we're all human beings, just treat people how you want to be treated. You know, there's new people to the sport, there's people that have been doing it a lot longer than us that have their ways, and guess what deal with it <laughs> i like it if you had that if you had that mentality uh there probably wouldn't be uh such a police force uh, behind the twitter fingers and stuff like that uh yeah it's yeah. it all comes back to education even... oh yeah awareness no doubt no doubt i mean when people were sitting there crushing you about it, it you obviously are like well maybe you're not educated on it and uh you know, don't have the ability to 
have some reasoning, you know, um, you know, it's just, well, yeah. And a lot of people are excited. You know, I actually gave a, a seminar at the Ohio show one time for Tony and Greg about, um, about adrenaline and, and what it does to your body. Like, you know, cause this is something that translates pretty well into the military community, but you got to think like, I don't know about you, but I get a pretty big adrenaline rush. Like when I hook a fish, imagine that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, how clearly are you going to be thinking like if it's your first time when you're handling this fish or, you know, you just get those reps and, and you learn, you know, and that's what it is. Just, <laughs> people are excited about catching fish. Let them be excited. Heck yeah. Good job. Great fish. Yeah. You could be a motivational speaker. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I like that. That's an interesting seminar. You know, it's, it's so much, uh, it, it's different from, the mold you know well i want to go i, I want to the go reason, there i want to yeah. go there and catch it and it's just like well shit dude you know what you keep fishing for these things you're gonna hook into one and then what what's gonna yeah. happen in well, your body you know yep how are you gonna yep. respond well, i didn't really realize it i didn't realize it until i started fishing with my my good buddy uh john aka birdman in new jersey and he was fairly new to musky fishing but he was a phenomenal angler i mean the guy got it. Like you just get in the boat with somebody and, and you could tell they just have the foundation to be successful. They have the mind I and mean, he had the mind, but when he would hook a fish, he would lose his stuff. His bananas would go out the window. And I was like watching them. And I'm like, I was just observing, you know? And I was like, Hey man, like let's, you know, coach him through it. And I'm sure you see it all the time in the boat when you're guiding, like you see that adrenaline, it, it happens. It's real. So what do you do with it, right? And so, so at the end of the story, uh, I'll go ahead and give give the bottom line up front. Vance, what's the only thing that you can do to control that type of physical response in that situation? Scream. Is that no, the, call? that's not one of the things, Andy. Oh, okay. Take a deep breath and... Right, bingo. The yeah. only thing that you can do to control your heart rate, regardless if it's in combat or if it's in real-life emergency, or if you've hooked a muskie, right? It, all the same thing. Adrenaline is adrenaline is adrenaline. The only thing that you can do, the only lever that you can reach up and pull is your breathing, right? Mm-hmm. So you just got to slow your breathing down, slow your heart rate down, and you want to get it into that zone where you can get back to critically thinking. Because it, when you when adrenaline goes, there's some natural responses in our body that, that – that have evolved that are just buried deep down there that we have no idea that are even there until, until that adrenaline's there. So you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta control your breathing. Right. That's, what that's I'm where saying. you have a buddy that's, that's in saying. the boat. Yeah. That's why, that's yeah. why I try to downplay it all the time. Like when it, the rod goes off and the client's like really excited, I don't want them to experience this. And then that's why they stare at me and I'm like, I don't know what you're excited for, dude. It's going to get off. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I think that's this adrenaline. But is, tell me you haven't seen people just like like oh, lose dude, their mind. Yeah. Like yeah, I was just I was just playing a joke on myself. But oh, lose yeah, absolutely. I was gonna say adrenaline is very very is a very polite word to say of what happens sometimes when people are fighting the fish. I, uh, I've yeah. had people. But, I mean, some of them are good anglers. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, my, myself for one. Like, if I'm just out there messing around, I'm like, you know, like shit, you know, like the head shake. I don't want that to happen, you know. I, I, you like don't want the fight that you're after. You just want the thing in the bag. You know? 
know, it's like, uh, yeah, you, you just, you lose it occasionally. Yeah. I've, I've had some people that, that, you know, I'd say are, you know, cool as a cucumber most of the time. And when a fish hits their, you know, bait, they scream. That's why I had that, that dumb response. That's the only thing you can do is scream. I've had some guys start squealing like little girls. And I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to see this side of you right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the reverse is also true. A lot of people have difficulty communicating when the adrenaline's in their body. Like, they, they can't really talk or communicate. And so that's where it's, it's helpful to be fishing with somebody, right? Like, you look over, and I mean, there's been times where I've been fishing with Matt or somebody, or even even Birdman, and he hooks a fish, and I just happen to look over in the corner of my eye, and I'm like, "You hooked up? Oh yeah, big one. Oh okay, all right. Well, let me get into my routine, you know." And that's where you're there, kind of talking and coaching, and mm-hmm. you know, help helping them get that heart rate into a range where they can still function. So yeah, there's a great book out there by Dave Grossman. It's called On Combat. Now it kind of goes into some other other facets of 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 oh how do I describe it just like shootings and stuff like that like military like military or like police involved shootings but for for somebody out there that's just looking for a good read and is interested in like whether you're in law enforcement or in the military or just interested in that type of stuff it, it's a really good read it's called on combat but yeah it really changed my psyche and the way I kind of look at things because I mean. I, I've, I've served in combat, you know, obviously not to the level that some of the other veterans have, but I've been in those situations and I've had certain things happen to me where you, you get that adrenaline and you don't, you think you're going to respond to it in one way, but your body does something completely different. And so it's, it's helpful to kind of understand what, what's going on there. It's amazing. I like there, that. I have, I can, I have a little story about a muskie. Uh, experience on the charter that deals with this adrenaline uh like just a quick fishing story it's a charter we're out to half day bites really good it gets a fish um rod starts zinging off we're trolling boom he gets up to fight it um and right at the boat the, the about like I would say 15 feet away from the boat, the fish gets off. And when I was sitting there coaching them, I'm like, you know, when that thing comes in, just try to keep that rod tip a little lower. Um, because once they get on that surface, uh, they have, you know, the ability to spit a hook. You know, I'd rather net a fish trying to die than one that you're dragging in 15 feet from the boat. I always think that they're going to, you know, just have a better opportunity to spit that hook when they're on the surface uh, then, you know, rather being down, down in the water. So that happens. And he's all like, he's all, you know, jacked up about it. And he was, he was very antsy. Well, this guy gets another opportunity and it was on a longer line. It was on a board line. And I was like, all right, man, here it is. Like ready to go. And I know he has like a decent amount of line to reel in cause it's on a board. And, uh, I was like, you know what? you're going to win this. That's what's going to happen right now. <laughs> like, it's just you and the fish, and you're going to beat its ass. And eventually did, but what happened was this adrenaline. It's almost like I was looking at him, and he was looking at me, and he was listening, but, like, I felt like he was looking, like, right through me. 
Like, I was like, this dude is not hearing me at all right now. He's like, he's on another level. He's on another planet. He's out there. He's like just going crazy with this fish. I mean, rod tip all over the place. He's cranking the thing. Uh, just nuts. So much like, like crazy motions going on with this, with this rod. And I'm grabbing it and trying to control it just a little bit. And I'm talking him through it. And what happens is the fish presents itself at the boat and it's staying down. It's a very nice fish. And I'm like, you just got to back up just a little bit so I can unclip this board. So he goes to do that. But when he does it, he backs up so solidly and I unclip that board that he almost goes over. Like if he went, if he's on the starboard side, he almost flipped like out of the back of the boat on the port side. And he now like this happens and I'm like, Oh, like, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> what the heck? Whoa. And I'm, and then I'm seeing this fish going crazy and it's a very nice fish. And I want to get it in the net. And look at this guy. He's fighting the fish now from the opposite side of the boat and the rod is between the walkthrough windshield. <laughs> okay. And he's fighting. It. And I'm looking back and, I'm, and my hands are like, I have my, like my, I'm ready to go with the net. And I, the, the fish goes to dive. Now, like I said, the rod tips in between that, in between that area, the line is then peeling back and underneath the boat and getting caught on uh, the trap that's mounted on my gunnel. So oh it's zipping God. and peeling line through that. And I'm looking back at the guy and he's still like almost over the edge. And this is happening very fast. And he's almost like falling in. He's still like reeling. Like it's just like, and he's going and he, and like in his mind, he's doing it in my mind. I'm just like, what are you doing, man? Like, but there was no, at no point could we connect. We eventually netted the fish, and it was a 30-pounder, and it was an unbelievable fish. Uh, and I could not believe that it happened, but I couldn't break through because his adrenaline just was redlined, man. You could not get to this guy. Uh, and it was because of what Chris was talking about. It, it, I mean, he was just so fired up and on another level. And, you know, adrenaline junkies live on that. Sometimes, like, you'll be like, man, I went through an experience, and, like, it was crazy. Like, I blacked out. Like, it was, there was so much adrenaline pumping through my body. At that point, I blacked out. I don't remember. It was one of those moments for this kid. And uh, luckily, he has the picture to remember uh, because it was a great fish that he hooked into and caught. So, but, you know, that's just an, another interesting and unique thing uh, to think about in musky fishing and fishing in general because you know you just think it's all hooks and lines but you put on like a uh, a bodily response like adrenaline um and you know very neat very neat stuff so where vance uh, uh before we close this out i want to bring up one other topic so where else well what other times do you see adrenaline play a role in how people perform in the boat. Uh, uh, let me see if you get to where I'm trying to drive towards. Like in what the about, boat? I mean, yeah, I'll just, I'll spoon feed you this one. 
What about figure eight? What about a figure eight on a big fish after not seeing oh. a fish all day? Oh, God, yeah. Right? I mean... Same thing, right? Same thing. Same principle, right? So, we've all been there, man. 11th hour. We've been... 11th hour. That's a good day, right? We're talking <laughs> 15 hours in. We've been on the water for three straight days, and we haven't seen diddly diddly. And all of a sudden, you look down, and there's a four-footer at your feet. Heels mm-hmm. flaring. You don't mm-hmm. tell me in that instance your body doesn't drop adrenaline. It oh, happens. And, yeah. And it, it's there. It's real. And so... That's why, like, you just got to keep practicing. That's, that's all I do is just, like, in those moments, it's just like I am going to go through a routine that I've gone through 10,000 times before. I'm going to do the same figure eight. I'm going to do this. I'm not <laughs> going to even acknowledge that fish right now because if mm-hmm. I do, I'm going to I'm gonna lose my bananas. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, because, like, when you're, when you're green in it, and I used to do it all the time. Like, when green, you, know, you don't got to be green. You could be no. the- like 20 years and still get oh that, that dump right at the <laughs> sure sure but i would like see a fish and i'd be so excited that boom that lure would come right out of the water i'd be like damn oh, yeah. almost had one you know <laughs> and it's just like and my adrenaline was going like crazy you feel it all the way up into your neck and exploding into your brain it's craziness and that adrenaline like screwing me but then you get like comfortable with it and you're just like okay there's a fish boom and then you do your boat side maneuver and keep that lure in the water you get control of that adrenaline it's like looking at a buck and it's like boom there's like there's the antlers and it's just like oh my god now my show like my my scope is just like shaking like crazy and i'm (laughs) probably gonna like gut shot the thing which I do all the time, but you know, so, you know it's adrenaline screws with people like that. It, it, it does, man. You know, it's, it's a real just, thing, and, and nobody nobody talks about it. I was just like, I don't know. I kind of got off on a tangent, and I, I really when I pitched it to Tony, I think he was just being nice, and you know, he was just like, "Okay, Chris, like I, I trust you. Just don't." Don't screw this up, okay? Like I'm giving you a nice a nice slot at the Ohio Musk show. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't make me regret it, but I'm like I, I could I could build the gap. Like I, I could do this, and so it was interesting, man. It was it was a pretty eventful seminar, and, and there was a lot of questions. And actually, did bring in uh, the, the hunting. We talked a lot about hunting, and, and the same thing you were just talking about. But it's just something else to be aware of that no one really really talks about, you know. And so, you know, like I said, practice breathing and then leverage. I'm, I'm big on leverage. It, it's all about maintaining that mechanical advantage, right? If, if you break it down to nuts and bolts and you want to really look at, at fishing, it, all you're trying to do is maintain that mechanical advantage. And you mentioned something when you were, you were telling your story about how that fish got on top of the water. And when fish are up in that, in that area, guess what? They have the mechanical advantage, they have the advantage over you in those situations. That's why you don't want the fish to come up like that because guess what? You are now giving them the mechanical advantage. So, you know, if you hook a fish both side at your feet, that's like, you know, a 50 inch musky, like you want to maintain that mechanical advantage. You don't want that fish thrashing back and forth. You want to bring them in one direction. You know, you see the guys in, in bass fishing, they'll run it around the boat a few times. I, eventually I got to the point where I, I mean I fished in a, in a bass boat I would do the same thing with my muskies I would bring them in one direction if I pinned that hook and I knew that fish I had an advantage I was going to try to maintain it as, as long as I could 
So if it meant running around the boat three times before my buddy was ready to net it, then so be it. But I was not going to let her change direction because guess mm-hmm. what? You're losing the mechanical advantage, right? You're just making a bigger hook in her mouth or yeah, a, bigger, yeah. a bigger hole in her mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I thought when you were going, when you were spoon-fed that one to Vance, the uh, the figure eight, I thought my guess was going to be uh, the net man. You know, the, what you might be cool as a cucumber, but your net man might be losing it, and he's going to knock the lure off or whatever. That's another That's another. Oh, example. my God. Oh, I've almost got yeah. divorced over this topic, so I wow. totally understand. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> my wife is a very patient woman. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, that's brutal. Like, you know, say it's your like time, you got control, your adrenaline. You're like, yes, I did everything I learned in the seminar, and then like, like this is it. This is my 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 fish. You know, here we go. And then you turn over your bum net man, and he just screws everything up. Then wonder, then how do you control your adrenaline? How do you? I, I don't not punch the you guy. You lose your face? bananas, <laughs> and you you yell at your wife. And become an asshole. I mean, literally, dude, this was me like two years ago when I was testing. I, when I first got to 22 long, I was on a lake in New York. That's about as far as I'll go with it. And we were, I, I literally was, I, I had good success with the shorts, but I was like, I want to put this long out there. Not, I swear to goodness, it must have been two minutes I had that thing in the water that it just went crazy. And I'm fighting this fish, and I'm like, this is a good fish. Babe, get the net. Okay. Next thing I know, it's getting clubbed about the head with it. And I'm like, what? What? And it gets off. And I'm like, what? What in the world are you doing? Like, seriously. It doesn't make <laughs> like, any I, I gotta, uh, makes no sense. I got to market this thing. Like, I, you know, I could. that's a really nice beak shot of like a four-foot fish that like could have helped a little bit. You know, not to mention I'm extremely competitive and I just want to catch the fish. So we gather ourselves. I apologize. And I don't She's know if my pissed. apology was. Ex- it, right. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily accepted, more in the acknowledgement realm. Mm. So I send it back out, right? I send it back out. What do you think happens? Not 30 seconds later, that freaking rod goes off again. Oh and uh, and I didn't realize that, that I had actually nicked my guide <laughs> in, oh my. in the last fight. And so it snapped my line and I about lost my bananas. And so I was just, I lost two fish in a matter of like five minutes. And I was like, okay, we can go in now. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm just going to go spend five minutes by myself. <laughs> you just oh my God. Say, I quit. We're never doing this again. That's crushing. No, it was just, it was, it was crushing. Especially like when the stakes are high. Like, I mean, you know, for me, it's like, I, I, I think that we build a good product, but there's also some marketing involved. Like you have to build confidence. Like you know what it can do, but Vance, do you know what a 22 long can do? I no. absolutely. Wait, how do you learn? I mean, well, I do now, now you do. Yeah, <laughs> you do now. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely but, do. Yeah, now. yeah. But when you're trying to, you know, confirm, you know, oh you know, my god, yeah, help help spread the gospel. Those situations are are not favorable. A big fish. Uh, helps. Oh yeah, and especially when you're prototyping it on on a lake, and you have two uh, mishaps like that. Those are ones that sting <laughs> for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's a god. Yeah, they do. Dang it, you know. 
I'm well, sure that was a, an enjoyable five minutes with, with yourself alone. A lot of screaming. A lot of adrenaline. Oh, yeah. My wife's a very patient woman. <laughs> All right. We're an hour and a half into this one. I think this is a great place. I know. Wow. I'm good company. <clears throat> All right. This is where we're going to end this one. Hey, Chris, hit up, hit up your plugs one more time for everyone. We got my plugs, man. We're good. There are plenty of good people in this industry that have gone way out of the way to help Matt and I, and I appreciate it. We, there's no way that we could have gotten as far as we did without good friends, good family, and like-minded folks. So I, I don't want to call out anyone specifically, but there's a lot, of, a lot of good people that have helped us out, like you and Vance. So we appreciate it. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be on the show. It's exciting to hear you guys' success out there on Lake Chautauqua this year. Holy cow, have you guys been on a tear it's been fun to watch on social media. I mean, there's times that I'll just, I'll pop open my phone and my jaw hits the, you know, the, the freaking concrete when I'm scrolling through and seeing the number and the quality of fish that are coming out of that lake and what you guys are doing. So keep up the good work. I'm also excited to hear that, that, that you're fitting some of our products into, into the spread out there. I'll let Vance kind of close up with that, but, uh, I'm just grateful, grateful for the opportunity to, to be doing what I'm doing. I love the musky industry. I love the people in it. And uh, Matt and I are excited for, for the shows coming up this year. We will let the word out soon enough with uh, what we got up our sleeves for, for 2019. We've got a lot of great painters lined up for this year for customs, some of which may or may not have been on this podcast before, and that's about as far as I'll go with that. But you will uh, – we really kind of put it all on the line this year as far as trying to get the, the, some really cool folks involved and in, 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 in bring in some of our products. And it's awesome, man. I, I'm excited. It, it'll, it'll be a good year. Uh, if you get a chance to check us out at the shows, by all means, stop by. Either Matt or I are going to try to be at, be at all of them. So time to hit the road, baby. It's, it's showtime. I, 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 how far along are you with your customs? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, to be honest with you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're going to ask me anything for, like, show colors, yeah, I, it's goose egg. Um, I'm just trying to keep my head above water with the standards, so. <laughs> i gotta put, I got to push you a little bit. I always get, get hit you with some annoying colors to paint. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, I you know, goose egg. That's the, without going into details, goose egg. Goose egg. Goose egg. So. That's uh, that's fantastic. You know, I, I picked up some twenty-two longs. You know where I got those from? Team Rhino Outdoors. I'm guessing. Yeah, Tiro. Jeff is a good friend of mine. I I love that guy. I mean, he's he's family. I mean, I, I talk to him three, four, sometimes five days a week. He's he's an awesome person. He runs a great company, and we share the same values and standards. You know, he's he's a good friend of mine, and I'm I'm proud to have my product in his store. There's a lot of other great companies out there and great, great retailers that we work with, uh, but uh, I'm very grateful to call him a friend. So, so what what colors did you buy, Andy? I bought Goldies, and, <laughs> and, and, and you want to know who's running them? It's not me. It's... I don't know. Yeah, it's not you. In your, in your 20 minutes of fishing per year. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Andy, for getting that for me, and thanks, Chris, for making it. Uh, you know. 22 longs check them out check out all the baits they're decent but what which was nice is about the 22 
too long and what was like unique for me to like when I first started running it. This is a bigger profile bait and it's a harder pulling bait. Bumps a little. I run that thing on a board like it's nothing. It it pulls away from the spread. It's out there. So perfect. Uh, check that out. Run them on boards. They pull they, they pull out. You, you would think with a, a bait with a larger profile like that would just like bury your boards, make it dog, pull it behind the boat wake. It's 22 longs money, man. You put it out there. It's a bigger bait. Uh, just check, check them out and, and give them a shot. Uh, I'm certainly happy. A lot of clients are too, so. Yeah, and you didn't pay a nickel for it because I bought it. That's why I said thank you. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to bring it up. And Todd has one too. So, <laughs> but, uh, all right. With that, fattyzmuskie.com, MC Fishing Guides, Muddy Creek. That's Vance and Todd. Uh, St. Croix Rods, Ranger Boats, Vicks Marine Sports Center, and Muskie's Inc. You know, there's, uh, I know the Three Rivers chap- chapter tournament had been rescheduled or something or canceled on the rivers because of all the excess rain, but I just did get an email that there is a Lake Arthur tournament coming up. So the reason I'm telling you that is most people that are listening, that might not affect them, but that is some of the neat little fringe benefits that you get is with a local chapter that has involved uh, members. You can have these tournaments and stuff and you stay, you know, interconnected and it's just, it's, it's a good thing to have, you know, like-minded people shooting for, you know, the, the mutual benefit of, of the fish and, um, just really cool, really cool stuff there. So check them out, join a local chapter. And I think I hit all the plug except for banging fish, baby. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Good luck fishing.